Welcome back to the newest edition of Sunshine State Takes. I'm your host, Brandon Carroll, along with... Matt McConnell, you thought we were suspended? Psych. Uh, Not even the coronavirus can stop us, so here we are. Not gonna happen. Special edition, COVID-19 is in full effect, but so are we. We're here with the guest today, Drew Seibel, and we can't wait to get started, so let's get it. Welcome into Sunshine State Takes, everyone. It is Monday, March 16th, 2020, approximately 12.20 p.m. And the coronavirus, well, it looms large. Grocery stores are empty. You can't find toilet paper anywhere. And hand sanitizer is just as scarce. But you know what's not scarce is this new episode of Sunshine State Takes. It's here. We're here. We have our guest, Drew. Drew, welcome on. How are you doing today, Drew? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, also, it's awesome to have you here. Um. Uh, not ideal having you on the episode where there aren't really much sports to talk about, but we're going to find our way around that. We're going to talk about the coronavirus's impact on the sports world is- itself, along as some free agency. There's been some franchise tags being passed out today as long as uh, throughout the week. Um, I think we got some LeBron and Giannis we're going to talk and uh, the NFL CBA, which has really uh, been a big topic over these past 24 hours. So let's get into it with our uh, first and foremost segment, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? I'll go ahead and start. Um, I just want to talk about our local basketball team. You know, they're, they're kind of stooping down to a level of champions, I should say, uh, at the football level. It's FSU basketball. Yeah, I saw that. Um, recently, they claimed that themselves national champions. They, they declared themselves national champions. And uh, now 2017 UCF Knights in football and the 2020 FSU Seminoles are going down in history as national champs, despite not winning a single thing. And you want to know what this is accredited to, in my opinion, participation trophies, participation trophies. Okay. Not earning something, still believing that you won it. I just don't understand it, but that's just me. So how do my two, uh, I know you're wearing a Seminoles track shirt, but you're not a huge Seminoles fan, but you actually go to FSU, Drew. How do you feel about your team claiming something they did not earn? I have no part of that. I have absolutely no part of that. So I'm a junior at FSU. Um, the basketball team, the best basketball team I've seen. Oh, no, they, they were spectacular. They are spectacular, um, and they had a good shot to win it. But I have no part of that. Um, I've seen some, like, like Dick Vitale said that he thought that we would win, and, like, that's fine. Um, just kind of teases us. Like, me and my roommates were just like, ah, this is actually our year. We actually have the squad. We're deep. We have the star players that we didn't think we had at the beginning of the year. Um, and... I don't know. We're just getting teased by everybody saying, oh, the FSU is so deep. They they look so good. I think they would have won. And then the Florida Senate just declares yeah. us yep. national champions. And um, I, I want no part of that, to be honest. <laughs> I don't want to be affiliated with anything UCF has done in the past. 
Uh, well, to me, it's definitely a bit more odd to see a declared national champion in college basketball, yeah. a sport where its postseason is a 68-team playing field, and really any team has a shot to win it. I was a bit more okay with the UC. Not that I'm not okay with the Florida State. I haven't actually seen a lot. I saw a tweet about it, and then that was the you mentioning it. Mentioning it was the second time I have heard anything about it. Yeah. So it's just not getting the same media attention that UCF has gotten. But I, I personally liked when UCF declared that national championship because my brother was a junior at UCF at the time in the marching band. So he was actually at that Peach Bowl against Auburn. Me and my family were watching it at home on TV. Mackenzie Milton popped off, and they really capped off which what was just all around a pretty solid season for UCF and probably the best season they had had up to that point. Um, you know, obviously when someone goes out and declares a national championship, I don't really think there's uh, in the middle. It's either you're going to like it or you're going to hate it. I think a lot, obviously a lot more people hated it and it is what it was. I don't really expect uh, much different here. Uh, I, I'm sure Gator fans, especially probably aren't going to like FSU. I don't, no, listen, declaring. So it's not the fact that it's FSU <laughs> declaring it because if Florida declared it, I'd be in the same boat as Drew. Like, I don't want any part of that. That's not me. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, FSU had a great basketball team. We can't even deny that. No, they they were they were one of the top teams in the nation. They were up there with the Kansases, the Gonzagas, the Baylors of the world in basketball this season. But to declare themselves ranked sixth, I think you have Kansas has more of an argument right. to be able to declare themselves as national champions rather than Florida State. I understand it was the Florida Senate and everything, but that had to be talked about. There's no way the Florida Senate was just like, oh, we're just going to declare. I'm like, it, it, it's in Tallahassee. There had to be some sort of communication saying like, hey, you should you should try to push this. But I know I just think there's a better way to go about it. You could say like, oh, we had a great season, but to put up what's likely to be a banner in your in your arena to say that you won the national championship in a year that was not even there was no tournament. It was not even contested to see who was the best. Um, I, I just think that's kind of soft. But yeah, if we put a banner in the Donald Tuck, uh, <laughs> I I don't know. It's gonna be hard looking at that in next year during the games. Um, that's just no, I, I, don't, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly, definitely a possibility. It it's a possibility yeah. though, because um, UCF put their 2017. I I can agree with him that it's different in basketball than it was in football, definitely. just because basketball is such a wide range of teams. Yeah. Meanwhile, football is the four teams normally coming from Power Five conferences. You don't really get that Cinderella team as uh, as you know often uh, like. Mm-hmm. In most in a few years, we've seen a four seed beat the one seed in the first round of the football playoffs. But other like Ohio State in the right. beginning. But other than that, we haven't really seen that Cinderella team get in there. And I just think that UCF's. I think they have they had enough stout, uh, firepower to go out and compete with the teams in uh, 2017 when they declared it. But they still did not earn it, and I just think that's just kind 2017, of ridiculous. The 2017 UCF team, I honestly think, was a very good team and could have competed. Um, I, I didn't feel the same way about the 2018 UCF team, and the 2019 UCF team was uh, – they, they regressed uh, substantially. Yeah. But the 2017 UCF team, I, I would honestly consider them I, – I would I, – I think I could, at least in a group of five perspective – I would call them a stack team, and in a Power 5 perspective, I think they definitely could have been a mid-tier team that could have competed. I mean, you're looking at it. Uh, Mackenzie Milton was a stud quarterback. Traquan Smith was a stud wide receiver who's put up good numbers in the NFL. Uh, Shaquille Griffin uh, had a really good year. He was a great pass rusher. 
Uh, Mike Hughes is another corner on that team that has had a pretty good career in the NFL. They had good players on that team that year. And also um, they, they played through the entirety of their season. They finished, they were undefeated. They had that win over Auburn. So like I said, it definitely uh, makes more sense from UCF standpoint to go ahead and claim that. Plus I get what UCF was trying to do. I think they were trying to put themselves on the map a bit more. Um, and that, that's honestly something that I, I can't really like hate or dislike because it's, it's marketing at the end of the day. I, I think it's something that UCF thought they could do uh, for money. And they did end up getting college game day the next year uh, along with another new year six bowl appearance. So I certainly feel like they backed it up, but um, whether or not they should have claimed that title in the first place, once again, is, uh, something that'll be commonly debated for a while. Yeah, for sure. So uh, do you have anything, what's on your mind? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give mine real quickly. So like I said, the coronavirus, it's out there. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's made its mark. Uh, my mom's actually a nurse at the Orange Park Medical Hospital. And last night she told me that there is someone on her floor that could possibly have the virus. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to her. Hope that, uh, you know, as they're settling that whole issue that she stays safe and doesn't contract the virus along with anyone else that she works with. So just a quick shout out to mom. Good luck out there. And I hope uh, the patient as well also recovers yeah. if he does in fact have the virus. Yeah. I feel that. Uh, so Drew, yeah. going to get into what's on your mind today. Um, no, well, you have a- well, it's going to, it's going to get heated soon, but I did want to talk about the FSU team a little bit. Okay. We, so we were we were so deep. Uh, Devin Vassell just broke out. Oh yeah, so much. He's got that mid range that you never see in college basketball. Um, he's so confident with it. Trent Forrest, good. De- like we have so much defense on the bench with Anthony Polite. Patrick Williams even comes off the bench. Raekwon Gray uh, gives a lot of defensive help. So we have so many guys. We don't need to rely on one guy. Um, and you don't see that in college basketball. No. Um, so I. I'm just I'm just depressed right now with all sports, but with FSU in general, um, that and uh, the players obviously, uh, it's it's we're local to that. Um, I was gonna go. I was gonna end up going on Saturday to watch uh, Moving Day yeah. at uh, the players, and um, so I I thought it was gonna keep going on without fans, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like I'll just watch it from home. I, I enjoy watching golf. I played golf in high school. Um, and uh, then they just cancel it. Uh, they just, I don't, like, okay. Um, and then everything else. That was the only thing we had left. Yeah. And then it, it goes away. Yes. So that, that's all I got uh, for that. Um, but the big thing that we've been talking about for a little we while. We haven't talked about it for a bit. Um, so I was listening to the podcast with Miles on it. Yeah. Uh, that was your last podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and you guys just assumed LeBron was the MVP of this year. And, uh, I don't know, frustrated me. Um, so I'll give, I hope you didn't give us a bad review. No. Okay. That's fine. Not yet. yet. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So I believe Giannis is not only the MVP, I believe he is having one of the best seasons we've ever seen in the history of of the NBA. Um, so currently Giannis is MVP odds and let's hope that the NBA comes back. Um, but currently his odds are minus 325 and they were minus 1000 before what I believe is the media making a narrative of LeBron 
after LeBron did did beat Giannis mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the Clippers back to back. That's great wins, mm-hmm. but that's two games. Yeah. Um, I, I I really do see it as a narrative. I think Charles Barkley said similar a similar thing with Giannis hands down MVP. Media is creating a narrative, um, but. The biggest argument I have is the player efficiency rating. Okay. Giannis is currently the he, his his PER is thirty one point seven one. Yeah. The greatest of all time is Will at about thirty one point eight, and that was in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have ac- completely accurate stats with turnovers and assists, um, but his team went thirty one and forty nine that year, mm-hmm. which is obviously you can't have the best season of all time, even if you have the best player efficiency rating yeah. with um, one of the worst records probably in the league at that point with like 10 teams. Or yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> but there's really only one good comparison with this season with how offensively and efficiency and defensively efficient that uh, Giannis has been because uh, Giannis is leading in defense, defensive defensive rating this year. Um, best in the league. So, what, there's only one other player, 2008, 2009, LeBron, mm-hmm. where we've seen somebody with uh, top three offensive rating, top three defensive rating, and uh, best record in the NBA. LeBron went 66 and 16 that year. Mm-hmm. I say LeBron because the Cavs, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, they lost in the conference finals. Yes. That was um, a year after beating Spur, uh, getting beat by the Spurs in the finals. Yeah. They got beaten 2007. So. <clears throat> My take is that if Giannis, and let's hope that the NBA comes back, if Giannis ends up winning a uh, finals that hopefully happens, um, that would be the greatest season of all time. Okay. Um, Giannis, the the Bucks with Giannis, 48-9. The Bucks without Giannis, 5-3. And, um, and the, the really the only thing is Giannis is – Offensively and efficiency and defensively efficient, only playing thirty point nine minutes a game. Yeah, and he's got the greatest PER of all time besides Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, I I can agree with you on those. Those are some pretty good points. But uh, you know, your your argument is very analytical. So I oh. think I think we should also I think we should get analytical in here. Absolutely. So um, you know, LeBron's had a pretty historic season in his own right. So Absolutely. right now he's directly accountable. For 52.3 of the Lakers, 114 points a game, which is 45.9%. The highest mark that Giannis could be, given his uh, the how his stats this season at 29 points a game and five assists, is 47 points, being only 39.8% of the Bucks, 118 points per game this season. Okay. So LeBron is doing more with arguably less because if you look at the Bucks, you know the Bucks overall squad, how they are his supporting cast. Outside of the number two, which, which LeBron has Anthony Davis, I believe the Bucs have a better roster than the Lakers do. Can you agree with that? I say defensively, the Bucs do have a better roster, but I don't think they have the supporting cast that the Lakers do. You don't do. think they have the offensive? I think I think George Hill and Chris Middleton obviously shoot very efficiently. Yeah. efficiently. Eric Bledsoe is obviously good, but I'd rather take Anthony Davis, uh, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Obviously, we got guys like Kentavious Caldwell Pope, who's yeah. shooting actually good. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to like be sent to the G League at the yeah. end of the year, but um, you do still have like a lot of shooters, yeah. and that that's why LeBron's assist numbers are so high. Yeah, no, I, I'm just saying 
in terms of Giannis, his game isn't to go out and sling the ball outside. LeBron's yeah. a facilitator first, and Absolutely. he hasn't been able to show that throughout his entire career because he hasn't had that cast. Because he's even in Miami, he was still having to be the guy that was going to go in and score the points. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. he he was he was still the number one guy. Right now, it's almost as if he and Anthony Davis are equals. He's yeah. having to score just as many points as Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is averaging thirty points a game, or. Something like that, close to that, 27, 27, 28. And then LeBron's, LeBron's averaging. right up there with them. Yeah, LeBron's right up there with them with 25. So we're seeing two players completely dominate that Lakers team. Meanwhile, you're having Giannis go out there, play 30, 30 minutes a game, but they're still scoring 118 points a game. And he's doing it at a less he, – he's not accounting for as many points as LeBron is scoring. They're, obviously, they're scoring less points. So he, LeBron's accounting for more points, scoring less, than Giannis is – that his team scoring more points, he's accounting for less. I just think that if you you can't discredit either player, I, I don't I don't think because they're both having great seasons. Like you said, Giannis is having probably one of the great, better seasons we've ever seen. Yeah. But I just think that you have a player like Chris Middleton who is, in my opinion, the exact opposite of Giannis, and they mesh together so well. You have someone Giannis is going to be that bully. He's going to go inside and he's going to put up the ball. Uh, you know, just force his way in there and then go up, get some rebounds because he's eight feet tall. Yeah. And then you have Chris Middleton, who is – he's still lengthy, but he can knock down that tray ball and continue to, you know, just be that uh, role player for uh, the Bucks. And you can't forget that Chris Middleton's on a max contract. So it's yeah. not like he's a scrub or anything. He, he's yeah. he's a player uh, – he's definitely Giannis's number two, not yeah. as good as LeBron's number two. But I just think given the players that he has that can also – do more when he's not on the court. I think that the Bucks just have a little bit more, which bumps Giannis's numbers up just a little bit. I can't argue with the PER. I was looking at that. I, I didn't have anything for that. I, I agree. Giannis is definitely doing some things efficiency-wise that are just unprecedented in sports or in basketball. But um, what LeBron's doing, I know you didn't want me to bring this in here, but in his 17th season in the NBA, the way that he has evolved with the game from being that player that, you know, we used to rarely ever see him take three-point shots. Now he's knocking them down from the logo on a nightly basis. He's doing things that he's adapting to the way the game is played, and he's doing it at such a high level that I don't think you can just kind of glance over him and say Giannis is on a pedestal on his own this season, and he's the MVP without a doubt. Because you have LeBron doing these things in a year where he should be out of his prime. He should be dishing it to Anthony Davis every play. Coming he, off injury as coming, well. He's coming off an injury season, and we're seeing him do it and you know, at a, and continue to show that same athleticism that we've seen for him, from him for years. Yeah. Um, I will say I do hate when like guys like Stephen A will discredit the Bucks as being like one of the one of the great teams. Um like of all, like in the last couple of decades, because he doesn't see Chris Middleton as that guy. Yeah, which is I see I him mean, as that's, that di- guy. that's disrespectful yeah. to be honest. Um, but I do say that Giannis Giannis's help is more on the de- defensive side because they have five guys mm-hmm. on the Bucks are, that are in the top eight yeah. in defensive yeah. rating, which is absurd. Um, but so at first I did have the take that. Um, that LeBron wasn't even close to Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, after looking at it a little bit more, I do. I would say that LeBron is somewhat close. At first, I said Giannis unanimous MVP. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. this is better than Steph Curry year. Yeah. Um, and they're gonna they might win the finals, unlike the three one choke that the uh, Warriors did. But um, 
the only thing is LeBron is he LeBron does have four more minutes a game. Yeah. Um, because he has to play more because yeah, he he's yeah. such a big part of that. Yeah. Offensive and, and, scheme and, 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 and their scheme. point differential isn't yeah. as high as the Bucks. Yeah. Because of I would say de- defensive uh, players, um, but I will say that LeBron's usage rate is six percent less than Giannis's. That's the that's really the only thing that holds me back from Giannis being unanimous MVP. Um, so it is somewhat closer. And the odds that are out right now, Giannis minus three twenty five. I think LeBron's like plus two fifty or something yeah. like that. Um, I, I don't I don't hate those odds. I think that's probably an accurate representation. Yeah. But yeah, I will still say that Giannis is, and, and we we haven't seen a season like LeBron's in the seventeenth no. year of his career. Absolutely not. Um, Thirty five years old, and he's still putting up numbers will. that. I I never think we will either. Uh, again, maybe Luca, but he's so young still, though. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't know because to for a player to not get not just not get worn down after seventeen seasons. This is seventeen season in the NBA for not just to get worn down, but to also go out and do things that he's never even done before. Like I said, he is shooting a career high almost seven three point attempts per game and making thirty five percent of them. Five percent more than what Giannis is making. Four percent more than what Giannis is making. Giannis is like thirty point eight or something, something. something like that. And so we're seeing, you know, LeBron do things that earlier on his in his career, if someone said he was going to shoot seven three pointers a game and make thirty five percent of them, you'd have said you're crazy. Because yeah. the way that he played and the way he's adapted from then is almost as if he's a completely different basketball player. He can still do those things that he was able to do when he was young and take it to the bucket and get those, you know, get fouled underneath and get that and one because he's just so big. But at the same time, you're seeing him adapt to the game and how it's progressing. And I just think that's something that you have to take into account, whether it be um, Giannis, who's in his prime and right now in the 60s and in the NBA, or LeBron, who's technically out of his prime, but we're still seeing him put up prime numbers with a team that right now is arguably one of the best team in the NBA. And after beating the Bucks and the Clippers back to back, I think that you can put them rather it not be the record wise. You can put the Lakers as number one in the power rankings close, as a team yeah. that are that is meshing together. They are playing well together. They're playing good basketball and they're being able to take down the best teams in the NBA. Let's forget about the Nets loss. I realize that happened. <laughs> but at the same time, we saw them go back to back and then have to go and play Brooklyn. But yeah, I just um, think it's so close that you can't really separate those two um, as much as I feel like you are. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it, but um, I think there is like we obviously disagree a little bit, but yeah. I think there is something to say about Giannis's what is his fifth or sixth season? This is like sixth or seventh, six, yeah, um, six or seventh, something like and that. And LeBron's sixth or seventh, I think it was sixth season, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, those are two of the, in oh. my opinion, two of the best seasons oh, we've seen. Which is like no, they're, they're, and Giannis's three point percentage doing the same thing as LeBron, getting yeah. better and better. Um, so it's interesting. Obviously, they play differently, um, but even Giannis's like assist numbers going up, his playmaking yeah. getting so much better. Giannis it, is so long and lengthy. It's almost as if I don't want to be James Harden here, but it's easier for him to go up and get those thirteen rebounds a game and yeah. be able to score that twenty nine points because all he has to do is go get you know drive down the paint. And the way he's been able to adapt since him in his own right adapt since getting into the league, he's able to go in there and just bully people around the way we saw LeBron doing you know, from day one almost. And I, I just think while LeBron – or while Giannis is having a great season, I think that LeBron can do more with less than Giannis can. And yeah. therefore, that makes him the MVP. Because we look at it, it's not always the best player. It's the most valuable player of how they play in their team and how their team does. You know what I mean? 
Does that make sense to me? Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Because yeah. like it, it's more about how well can this player, you know, el- how can he elevate his team? How can he make them better? Obviously, I'm not trying to say Giannis doesn't do that with the Bucks. If the Bucks didn't have Giannis, they would be, you yeah. know, probably one of the bottom feeders in the NBA. But like, yeah. I just I think LeBron adds so much more to that Lakers team because we saw Anthony Davis play alone in New Orleans and they never did anything special. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing to look at is what would the Bucks be without Giannis and what would the Le- what would the Lakers be without LeBron? Yeah. And it's close. Um <laughs> they probably wouldn't either be they, good. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if either team would be in the playoffs. Maybe the Bucks just I think the, the East. Yeah, um, they, also their defense. I yeah, think the yeah, Bucks defense is some a team that they yeah. are able to keep that team in games when yeah. it gets close and down to the wire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. So, and that's hard to like measure. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's, absolutely. So, um, obviously I, I think, um, Giannis has, is, has LeBron on the defensive win shares, but LeBron obviously will have Giannis on the offensive win shares. Mm-hmm. So it's so difficult to, to look at that hypothetical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get that's something we'll probably be debating off, oh, yeah. off the podcast oh, yeah. for a while. Oh, yeah. oh, I just wanted to also throw in that earlier when I was talking about his points accounted for at 45, almost 46 percent. Mm-hmm. That's his highest total since getting into the NBA. Okay. So he's and, scoring the most points. He has the most or he's scoring the second most points on the team. He has the most assists in the NBA and he's doing it on a night in, night out basis. And I just think that's something that requires you to take a second look and be like, this guy's doing something special. Because we, we almost come to expect it from LeBron, which is I think is the biggest problem. We're expecting things that you know you shouldn't expect from a basketball player especially in their 17th season. And so it's so look, weird. Exactly. Because we we just expect him to put up 10 assists. We don't we don't like we're not surprised by yeah. this, but he's never done this. No. And like nobody else is even close to him. They're like I think Trey Young's like a, a an assist and a half behind yeah. him. Yeah. He's he's head and shoulders above the rest in the assist yeah. category. And I think that's the the I would say that's the biggest reason why his um offensive share yeah, his point share is yeah. is that high, um, but it, that is a good argument. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we'll definitely be yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, definitely see- be talking about this oh, on yeah. the podcast. Oh, yeah. So, do you have anything else to um, add to this, Matt? Well, I definitely took the moderator approach, but as I was kind of listening to you guys form your arguments, um, I really, I one thing that really came to mind was, um, and it's going to sound off topic, but uh, you'll kind of see how I kind of form this here. Uh, the twenty seventeen. NFL MVP race was one that was really interesting because you had 40 year old Tom Brady, which in this case is the LeBron James, you know, you, you just paired up Anthony Davis with LeBron James and you're really starting to see the Lakers take off offensively and honestly on all cylinders. Um, prior to the 2017 season, the Patriots paired up Tom Brady with Brandon cooks and you saw Tom Brady have one of his best seasons throwing the ball down the field that he's ever had. It's up there with like his 27 and his 2011 seasons. Um, and so, uh, and then, uh, in kind of, t- kind of taking the Giannis role, uh, were the guys like Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson, who, uh, were coming out there and having some of their really like first dominant years of their career. Now th- that isn't the case for Giannis, uh, cause he won the MVP last year, but, uh, kind of more for like Carson Wentz, big, a big physical quarterback came out and really had his first dominant season. And it really came, well, it, it came down to well, who's it going to be? Is it going to be the veteran? Is it going to be Tom Brady putting up these numbers at age 40? Or is it going to be the young, no pun intended, young buck, uh, Carson Wentz, who is going out there and lighting up the league and looking like he could be a force 
for years to come. And now I'm not basing my decision between these two based on that, but Brady did end up winning that MVP. Um, it, it just, it, it really is a tough call to make because um, I, I try to look at the teams. I really tried to look at this argument from what the award is itself. And that's the most valuable player. Yeah. Like Lamar Jackson was the most valuable player in football last year. He rightfully won that award. Um, Patrick Mahomes was the most valuable player in 2018. Uh, Mike Trout, every year he wins the AL MVP, yeah. he rightfully earns it. He is the best player. Um, and that that's what I think this award should come down to is who's the best player. And um, Giannis is probably at this point in his career the more physically dominant player. But I just think it's so much more impressive that LeBron is putting up the numbers he's putting up at this age because I you just got to go back and look at the entirety of LeBron's career. He spent two different stints or two di- stints is that the right word? Two yeah. different stints in Cleveland where he did one thing only and that was just carry bad teams. He I don't know how this guy isn't physically exhausted from playing. <laughs> I honestly don't know how he didn't he call it quits so after his injury. Yeah. Even even after his injury last year, I don't know how he just said I, I'm I'm done. Like I'm just carrying all. Because he can't he, go he, like, off he's, that way. Yeah. He's yeah, LeBron's like that, Brady. And, he's and not that, go and that's what it came. Six, that's what I mean? that's what it came down to. But you got to look at LeBron, and this is a guy uh, really outside of the Heat, and even those good teams in Cleveland. He had uh, injuries really costed him some championships, especially you look at years like 2015. So LeBron's a guy who really the name of his game has been carrying, facilitating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, the fact that at 37, after everything LeBron 35. has done. 17 seasons, 35. 35, 17th yeah. season. That's where I got seven from. Yeah. In his 17th season at 35, um, he's, like you said, he's doing stuff we've never seen before. But Giannis's height and physicality is also, he's also doing the same thing. Uh and it, it made James Harden so mad that he called him out for it. So I, I really don't have a stance. And it's even much harder to give a stance now, now that the season's suspended. That's why I kind of took that moderator approach. Um, I know this is a discussion you guys wanted to have. So, uh, Drew, you seem pretty set on Giannis. Brandon, you seem pretty set on LeBron. I think I'm going to take the back seat here and remain undecided for a little bit. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll – take the debate to Twitter or something. Uh, <laughs> let us know what you guys think in the comments or uh, something after we drop this episode. We'd love to hear your feedback. Absolutely. So we're going to get into, you know, the coronavirus impact on sports along with some NFL free agency and a little bit about the NFL CBA. So we'll be right back. into it we're going to talk a little bit about the coronavirus and its impact on sports this is something that we have never seen in sports it's truly unprecedented with all the with the cancellation of leagues all around the world we're seeing the nfl or the nfl still going but the nba nhl mlb you know various soccer leagues around the around the world just closing and you know being canceled or suspended due to this pandemic that's going around so uh i I just want to know you guys takes and what you guys feel that uh, the, the impact that it's having on these 
leagues and sports yeah. in general. Well, uh, probably about a, a week ago is when I started seeing the headlines that the NBA was preparing to go ahead and play without fans. And then probably a, a bit early last week is when you saw the Warriors were going to go ahead and uh, have no fans at their games. And then you saw the like the Columbus Blue Jackets follow. Uh, and then the San Jose Sharks, I know, also came out and made that announcement. And then March Madness comes out and says no fans. And all of a sudden, it's like, what is going on? This is all stuff. We've only seen a game with no fans played before once. And it was the Baltimore Orioles in 2015, I think. They had a game with no fans due to riots in Baltimore. They didn't allow fans in the stadium. And now all of a sudden – well, they still don't have fans, but that's they, just not because right. they're that's not because of riots. <laughs> and so, um, and then, but then all of a sudden, uh, fast forward to about five days ago, uh, you're starting to see about six or seven headlines of all these arenas that uh, are not going to allow fans in. And uh, at first, we thought, okay, so we're still going to have sports being played, just no fans. And then uh, the, an event occurred that I personally think should be taught in schools years from now because of how historical it was. Um, March 11th. We have March 11, <laughs> 2020. Uh, we have the Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder about to tip off. Seconds away, health officials come onto the court and say, uh, one of our players, Rudy Gobert, just tested positive for the coronavirus and probably something along the lines of, I think we need to end this game right now. And uh, there was something with Chris Paul walking over to the bench and all the jazz players telling him to stay away. And, you know, like I said, it turned out Gobert had the virus and the NBA shut down. And that started the domino effect of everything after the NBA suspending operations yeah. uh, and or delaying along with it. And here we are about five days in with no sports now. Um, it, it's certainly weird. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's so weird turning on the TV and uh, just really nothing to watch. Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, there are some things I'll watch every now and then, but – Sports are on pretty much 24-7. I mean, for crying out loud, there's no March Madness. The, the spring break, Sucks. we were supposed to – I mean, we, we probably would be watching March Madness right now. I, I Would it have started we'd, today? We'd Selection, Sun- Selection yeah, Sunday would have been yesterday. That would have been yesterday. We'd be watching it Thursday, Friday. Thursday, Friday Saturday. is when they would have started. Yeah, okay. That's, that's about that's what a, I thought. So, we, so this show was supposed to be a March Madness special, still featuring special guest Drew. Now we're talking about – uh it's now a coronavirus special um yeah that, that's where that's where we are currently no sports no march madness no nba it's certainly odd um and while i do think the virus itself is um i, I mean it, it it is starting to spread a bit quicker than it was i certainly get why all sports leagues went ahead and did this uh, mass gatherings just isn't something that needs to be going on right now yeah. uh, for the safety precautions so who knows when these leagues come back if at all but uh like i said it's just it's it's weird um this this is something that i never anticipated would have happened uh just no sports like sports are just something that have dominate not dominated but have been a part of our lives for so long and this is really the first time that there's nothing going on yeah so i i've it's just it's been so odd yeah and i think the one the biggest thing about it is we've seen times you know in history where sports has kind of been the uniting force that brings people together 
we don't have that right now. And I think that's the biggest thing. And it kind of shows like what crazy of a world we're living in right now. We're seeing something that is, you know, honestly made to be, well, it can also be divisive, but at the same time for fans that are of the same team, it's, it's a collective unit to bring people together during some of the toughest times in their lives to kind of give like that, you know, you, you kind of kind of point in a different direction and not have to look there, but right now we don't have that. And, you know, we're looking at other things and some people don't have other things. So I think it's just kind of, um, it, it's, it's tough to not have it, but like at the same time, you're getting to learn a little bit more about yourself and, yeah. uh, you know, how to live your life without the, some of those things that at the end really don't matter. But I've, we love sports here. I've so. personally discovered that I have a huge interest in stuff like this because I don't know about you guys, but I've probably been typing coronavirus into my Google search bar anywhere from five to seven times a day, just looking for updates, seeing what's going on, seeing if anyone in Florida has gotten it, you know, and yes. anyone around me, it's just, it's crazy. It's, uh, you know, in, in a way it's, it, it, it's the star athlete right now. Um, it, it, it is undefeated against every sports league it's ever took on, except the NFL. The coronavirus is 0-1 against the NFL. The NFL does the, not care. The NFL, Roger Goodell uh, said, see, I'm not doing see, that. that. Just the craziest <laughs> part about it is, of course, the NFL is the league that they're already done. Like they, yeah. Of course, they don't get touched by it. Um, they're, they're doing everything on schedule. We have some free agency going on. Right they, now. they uh, almost an hour ago they noted that they're going to continue right, with the draft, the draft plans. I don't think 23. they're going to have. Um, I saw pre-draft people. events. Yeah, pre-draft events are visits and stuff. Yeah, those aren't going to happen. Um, but I do think I don't. I'm not sure about the attendance. I don't know if people can go, but I know that they're going to continue to televise it and have that. You know, that'll be good. That'll long. probably be one of the first live sporting events that we have on. TV and uh, if no fans are allowed, I'm actually interested to see what ratings will look like for the NFL draft this year. It has the potential to be one of the more watched events because there's nothing on TV to watch. I know the UFC, unless uh, they went ahead and called it off last second, I think the UFC went ahead and had their fight night the other night. Uh, No no fans though. So there was that. I know for the time being, at least a few days ago, I saw that the Premier League was still planning to play, but then I they think they ended up it, yeah. canceled. Because I think there's some some leagues in like uh, like Liga and stuff like that that are still playing, but other than that, it's still kind of there's not many that are currently in action. I scroll through ESPN, I'm seeing a bunch of soccer leagues that I've never seen before because that's yeah. all they have to yeah. you know. know um, Creekside like, High School actually had their home track meet last Friday or this past Friday. And they didn't cancel. They they went through with it. Um, uh, they they did get word that uh, the season uh, after that point was up in the air. But I went ahead and went to that meet, and I'm 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 gonna go out on a limb here and say it was probably one of the only sporting events in Florida going on that day. So it was actually kind of cool being there. Uh, it's like you know this virus is going around, and we're still out here putting this meat on. Uh, the kids are still out here running despite a lot of other seasons being canceled. So um, where it goes from here, who knows? Um, I, I believe the NBA is suspended for at least 30 days. and But who knows where this whole thing's going to be in 30 days. Uh, yeah. Drew, what are your thoughts on this during these tough, tough times of no sports? Well, um, there's nothing more depressing than just naturally clicking on the ESPN app and seeing every game canceled. <laughs> Um, 
but I I was more prepared for this March Madness than any year. Yeah, because um, your team you had a stake in it. Your team was yeah. actually good enough to be able to win it all. Absolutely. Instead, um, they just claimed to be the winners, even though they didn't win it. Yeah. Uh, again, no part of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, just last week I do not run. <laughs> yeah, just complete uh, sadness about mostly March Madness is really because when you think of spring break, you think of March Madness. Um, I remember last year. I was uh, on a cruise and I was still like, I printed out brackets before I went on the cruise just so I like, I knew I could get them on. Cause I didn't know if I was going to have Wi-Fi on the cruise to do it on ESPN. Um, but yeah, uh, just w- once I saw the Ivy league cancel their tournament, I know they only have 14. That was actually the first, that was the first cancellation. Thing. Once I saw that, I knew it was going to, it was going to be a slippery slope. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the thing, just the Ivy League. Yeah, I think the thing that kind of opened the eyes to most people was Rudy Gobert. You saw yeah, yeah. A, a one of the. It's almost like one of the quote unquote one of our own. Yeah. It's it's you look at it. If it's someone you don't know, it's kind of like oh, like this is bad. But then when you see someone that is directly affected within that same atmosphere, it kind of becomes more real. And so by sports, you know, in sports, by seeing that the NBA was like, okay, we're not. Uh, like this is bad. We have to shut this down, and then that led to the MLB postponing their season. That led to the NHL just completely just dropping what they were doing, and so just kind of that domino effect, like uh, Matt said earlier. But it, I, I definitely think that was kind of a realization of oh, this is like this is something more than what we thought it was. So they decided to take those precautionary steps to ensure not just their players don't get anything, but the fans and others right. working within the facilities don't get anything as well. Which uh, is understandable. You don't. You don't. You want to do what's in the best interest of all parties involved, so that they don't, you know, end up in a situation that could honestly that is has caused right. six thousand seven hundred fifteen deaths, according to Matt's computer. And so I just think that it it's it, it was it was a necessary precautionary step, but it was one that obviously us here at Sunshine State takes would have wished that they would have kind of. Yeah, it, it was inevitable. I think Jay Billis talked about it. It, it was inevitable. Um, yeah. Once the Ivy League canceled, and then of course Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Um, I heard I have heard takes that um, Donovan Mitchell possibly could have given it to Rudy Gobert. Oh. Um, which I I don't believe him, but apparently Donovan Mitchell's hometown has a lot of cases. I don't know exactly where he is from, but apparently uh, he his hometown has a lot of cases, and he could have possibly given it to Rudy Gobert. But um, I have seen, I have heard of all the things Rudy Gobert did. Touching them. Um, he was just being reckless for no yeah, reason. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't believe that take, but it's an interesting one. Um, I don't know how Christian Wood got it on yeah. the distance. Yeah. He's from Elmsford, New York. Okay. I New saw, York has a lot of cases, but I think I'm I saw that a, a Yankees minor leaguer yeah. tested positive. Yeah. I didn't I didn't click on the link. I didn't read the details. I, I didn't either. It was just like, okay. So it, 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 it has spread to baseball. Um, I, I was going to say something, but I blanked. Oh, I, I guess there was a, a younger kid in Delaware or Rhode Island or somewhere that Gobert signed autographs for tested positive. Yeah. So the question is there, did Gobert give it to him? Did the kid give it yeah. to Gobert? Who knows? Um, it, it's all speculation at I this point. I blame it all on Gobert. Yeah. I, and it's just easier. Go, on the kid. ESPN 30 for 30 about Rudy Gobert getting all of sports shut down will be a good one, probably. <laughs> um, how touching five microphones got sports suspended for yeah. the foreseeable future. 
I, I personally think that'll be an interesting watch if they choose to make it. I don't see how they don't. Um, no, I, I have no clue how the no, – nobody on the Raptors got it. Um, yeah. And Serge Ibaka is out here kissing balls after free throws. Um, and OG Ananobi got in a fight with Rudy Gobert. I have no <laughs> clue how nobody on that team got it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's certainly odd. Um, yeah, I, honestly, at, after that whole Jazz Thunder fiasco went down, kind of woke up the next morning and uh, the, the world just felt a bit different because we had woken up the morning after a professional sports league had just suspended all their operations. And that was the first time we'd ever seen anything like that. And then the NHL followed the MLB delayed the XFL. I'm going to need a second. <laughs> the, the XFL shut like in this, you know, what's stupid. The XFL was going to last longer than the AAF, but the stupid virus just They're said, no, they year. will be back. But it, it's just, it's just disappointing. I don't think a Seattle dragons player did get it, yeah. but he's unnamed. I was I knew someone in football got it, but it, it actually just popped in my head. That's right. Um, last time I checked, he was unnamed. But another thing I saw is a Seattle Dragons uh, concessions vendor, one of the guys who walks through the stands with the cold water, or cold beer, or whatever, also got it. Yeah. So that's a and from what we've seen, the Seattle Dragons were selling seats at their games. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you know, you got to wonder how many cases of that are going to stop start popping up uh, among those uh, fans who attended the game because, you know, that's a solid 30,000 people that were there. And, uh, you know, it it seems to be that this virus is spreading very easily. So if that vendor is, you know, touching a water bottle, giving it someone else, exchanging money and stuff like that, you got to imagine a few people in that crowd could have got it. So uh, from the XFL standpoint, as sad as it makes me, it, uh, it makes sense that they, they did it. It, it. it is just a shame because the AAF last year folded before we could see a championship. Uh, this is a second straight year. A new football league doesn't make it to their championship. Um, I didn't get to see the Guardians play the Roughnecks, which I was really looking forward to. So it's tough, but uh, hopefully the XFL will come back stronger. Hopefully all these leagues will come back stronger. But like I said, I, I woke up the morning after that and it, it just felt different. Yeah. Um, and not only just because of the sports, but everything uh i you know like i said i put coronavirus in google search kind of reading some articles uh came across this article about how costco and sam's club are just madhouses right now <laughs> you don't even want to go anywhere near them well, the uh, people that have costco and sam's club's memberships are normally the crazy ones you can't the karens that are going in there and fighting people over you there, can't so. uh Let me see your manager. you can't <laughs> yeah they want to talk to the manager you can't find toilet paper you can't because for whatever reason the coronavirus has uh made people want to take poops more so no more toilet paper, uh, no, not a lot of hand sanitizer was, either. Yeah. My, there were, there are two bottles of hand sanitizer sitting on one of the counters in my house. And last night I said, dad, do we have any more of this? He said, no, that's all we got. We got to ration it. So, uh, like, I don't, I can't remember if I said this on or off air, but I'm actually probably after we record, I'm going to go Publix hopping and target and Walmart, just see what I can find. Just so I could say I did it. Yeah. Uh, Cause at the very least we're living in history. And then probably when I get home, I'll, shower six times and self-quarantine a bit. Not that I'm scared that I'll get the virus, but uh, I, th- I feel like um, you got to be smart. And that I think we should go ahead and tell our listeners that real quick. If you're going out, uh, you know, if, if you're deciding to, and I'm one of them, you know, I'm not staying inside. Yeah, no, um, if, not if, if you're doing that, just, you know, make sure don't touch things that you probably don't need to touch. Um, you know, if you are going 
to Publix or Walmart or whatever looking for things. Only touch the things that you're going to buy. Uh, wash your hands. Um, the the one thing I have been doing is gas pumps. I've I've been going inside right after and uh, cleaning off just to make sure. It, it is something that while I don't think I actually will get it, there's a chance I could, and there's a chance I have to sit in my room for 14 days, and that's not something I necessarily want. So um, if it happens, it happens. But uh, you know, just try and be smart and uh, try and make the decisions that are best for you. So uh, that's where we're at with this coronavirus. Uh, historical event for sure. Sports are canceled. Like I said, toilet paper is scarce. Hand sanitizer is scarce. But um, it's just going to have to be one of those things that it's going to have to ride it out because it's going to get boring. But uh, hopefully it gets better and we get through this. Yeah, for sure. So we were talking about the XFL earlier. Yeah. Let's get into the NFL. Yeah. What do you guys think? You think NFL? Let's do it. Let's uh, let's talk the one sport that has not been phased by the coronavirus. Roger Goodell does not care about this coronavirus. He's going to continue in his free agency plans and even the draft plans. But um, before we get into that, we're going to talk about something that is, you know, is going to be in effect for the next 11 years. It's supposed to be a 10 year deal, but that there's some, you know, there, there's some, uh, logistics behind that not really going to get into that but it was the cba being passed uh in the nfl the new nfl cba uh being enacted or uh, being voted in yes it was very there's a big discrepancy among players um 1019 voted yes 959 voted no and roughly 500 players didn't even cast a vote um i don't understand this what are you guys what are you guys thinking I don't get the 500 players not casting votes. Yeah. Do you well, not care about your future? No. Well, that's happening right the now? vote was very close as it was. Yeah. Um, that's a 50 vote difference between yes and no right there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, it, it probably could have gone a lot different if more players came out and voted no, because at least what I've been seeing on Twitter, mm-hmm. I saw Eric Ebron tweet something that he was kind mm-hmm. of uh, unsatisfied. And then some players were kind of responding. I can't think of, Alan Robinson. I did see Darius Leonard. Allen Robinson was in there too. Um, so I'm I'm kind of seeing some players. I think Aaron Rodgers voted no on. I remember yeah, Aaron Rodgers releasing a statement, but somehow this thing ended up going um, the way of those who voted yes. Uh, and I personally don't have a problem. Uh, a 14 team playoff will be very intriguing. It just uh, it actually kind of makes up for sports being canceled because by the time the playoffs roll around. Brandon and I will have three games to be discussing, actually six games to be discussing yeah. each weekend instead of four. So um, the coronavirus takes away all sports, but in return, the NFL gives us two extra wildcard games to discuss next year. So that, that'll be fun. That, that'll uh, give us some more content. The, I'm, I'm very interested to see where the 17 game season goes in terms of how they format that because uh you know, the, the basic structure has always been eight home games, eight away games. So uh, I'm not sure how they're going to figure that one out yet. Alternate it year in, that, year out. That will probably, probably. be the case. Yeah. It, it'll certainly be weird. And make one team go play in London. Yeah. Or make, like, every team have to go play, like, at a neutral site every year. That that would be interesting. It, it would kind of be cool happens. if – and this, this is probably something that will never happen. This kind of just spitball with a 17-game season. That would be kind of cool if – you know, maybe your week one was kind of similar to college in terms of you got a lot of neutral site games happening. Yeah. You know, may, maybe play the league kickoff of, uh, you know, like the, the Chiefs will open up at home because it's it's um, it's banner night. But yeah. uh, maybe for the most part, like you, you throw some neutral site games in there, maybe 
throughout the season. And also maybe, um, and this will be good for the Jaguars is if those London games stop counting as home games, maybe they're just games, yeah. you yeah. know, um, that that's something they could also do to balance it out. So I think there is a limit of, I believe 10 game, 10 international games for the whole league though. Okay. Did they do that? Um, I think I saw that. Yeah. I did see a limit. So that'll be interesting, especially for the Jaguars. That's yeah. for the Jaguars. So the Jaguars will be in one fifth of those international yeah. games, yeah. <laughs> uh, which once again is unfortunate, but yeah, that's where it's, it's that's at. So, so I, I do think um, uh, the new CBA brings a lot of interesting aspects and it's going to, I think it's going to be kind of hard to, give an opinion at least on the new playoff structure and the new season structure until we actually see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so by this being, you know, passed, uh, it really benefits the lower wage players, which is nearly 60% of the NFL. Um, you're seeing them the minimum salaries be increased by 20% from or to uh, 610,000. Uh, you're seeing, players with less than one year experience, that number rises to over a million dollars. So you're seeing some pretty good things for the players that aren't the top 3% of the NFL, which is mainly the players we've seen speak out on, uh, you know, Twitter and everything like that. But um, you, you have players that earn a roster bonus after the 17th, uh, after the 17th game, um, which is pretty, so, so if they're on that ro- the roster for the 17th game and after they'll get a roster bonus, which is one seventeenth of their paycheck. And then you're getting uh, bigger rosters, so that means more jobs, 46 to 48 on game day, 53 to 55 for weekly activities. Players no longer get suspended for testing positive for marijuana. Josh Gordon is currently punching the air. And uh, the commissioner loses a bit of power with his uh, punishments on certain issues. So he's no longer the judge, uh, jury, and executioner on that one. Maybe we'll finally see people who punch their wives in elevators get longer suspensions than people that <laughs> roll up a J in the locker room. But yeah. hey, only time will tell. Who knows what Goodell <laughs> is going to do when it comes to punishments because inconsistency is the name of the game there. Yeah, Once again, sure. I, I hate to trash on Goodell. I really don't hate to trash on Goodell, but you know, it, it's Roger Goodell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, outside of what the players get, you're seeing the owners get something. Um, in return, which is the ability to enact stricter punishments for players that choose to hold out of camp, um, which means they can fu- they are they're given the ability to find them more if they do not show up for um, mandatory activities, which includes um, you know the preseason camp and into the preseason, even even during games. So Le'Veon Bell, while he was already made, already having a hefty fine when he held out his season, that could even be even more, and he would have lost even more money than he already did. So. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that this deal was pretty solid on behalf of the NFL as a whole. Like I said, 60% of the NFL, um, are lower wage players, which at this deal is what really benefited. But I do believe that after all the talks of how, what they were going to do when the CBA came up, how they were going to do it, how they're all going to be so unified, how this NFL PA was going to get the job done. They were going to get those, uh, you know, those players that are no longer in the NFL, they're going to get them health care. They're going to do all this, all that to sign off and, you know, vote yes on the first one that is proposed and for it to be passed immediate or like a pass, even though it was so close, not only does it show that, or does it give me no sympathy for them? And, and now, because I, I don't really have, you know, if you're going to vote yes on a deal that doesn't give you what the most of what you can get out of it, then, I don't really have sympathy for the players that are like, oh, this is this is tough. But at the same time, 
it shows how divided the NFLPA is right. and how behind it is from every other sports league. Because you know the NBA, they have they, their players' association is solid. Like they they are all unified. They know what's going on and they're all together. Um, same with MLB. MLB has a pretty good players' association, but the NFL just it just makes me question. It's a mess sometimes. It, it makes me question the leaders and like who's in charge. Why why are why is there such a big divide within the NFL as as coworkers in a sense? Why why is there so much? Uh, turmoil between them and uh, I, I just think they could have gotten more done with this and it kind of showed how out of touch the higher paid players are than from the lower paid yeah. players and but hey as fans we can see more football yeah so I'm 100% fine with it we can see yeah. one more game which is can start as early as 2021 the windows from 2021 to 2023 um, the owners still have to approve they still have to vote on it they have to say we want to start this. Um, it, it's it's there for mm-hmm. them if they want, but it, their window to do so is from 2021-2023. I guarantee you they do so. And then it we, seems likely that it, they it's will. Very, it's very likely, um, as well as what you mentioned earlier. Two more playoff teams, one per conference um, in the wild cards. So we're going to get six wild card games instead of four, and only one having a bye. So this season we would have seen the Ravens. And the who's the other? The Niners. The Niners have their buys, so um, the Chiefs would have had to play on Wild Card Weekend. Yep. So that's something that's very interesting. So actually, something that's interesting that I just want to read off: in both the 2019 and 2018 season, the Steelers would have been the seventh seed. So this helps at least, assuming the Steelers keep, uh, uh, you know, similar success, then um, you know maybe the seventh seed deal will help out the Steelers next yeah. year. Yeah. So, for uh, sure. I think it's definitely interesting, but once again, you know, you got to see it before you really make a decision on it, but I'm not complaining about more football. Absolutely. Do you have anything else to say on the CBA? Um yeah, as a fan, you got I mean, you got to love it cuz oh, yeah. cuz the uh, more games, even like the the couple more jobs, yeah. um like anything can happen, we can see somebody break out. Um and I I I'm surprised we're not seeing more celebration for the uh, reduction in, well, the complete elimination of suspension for THC positive tests. They also and raised the mark of yeah, how much it has to be. It, they raised it over 4X, yeah. um, the amount of THC needed for a positive test. Yeah. And I haven't seen that on Twitter. I haven't seen people celebrating that, which I feel like they've been advocating for it for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, I know, that's a big step. Yeah. There was a former Bear. Um, he actually played at the University of Florida, Darius Cummings. He said, oh, but I can finally play football now. He's out of the league, <laughs> but he's saying, like, I can finally play now. Yeah, but so. one cool thing I saw was they are – so they're decreasing the punishments on THC and they're increasing the punishments on drinking. Yes. Um, specifically DUIs. Yes. Um, I think that's where society's going. We're, we're noticing that alcohol is just as bad, if not worse, than marijuana. Um, and I think – Roger Goodell and the Players Association is finally like they're finally figuring out uh, how we can uh, put that into the CBA and what that looks like. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just we got we got football for the next ten years with no strikes. Yep, no strikes for another decade. So um, that that's that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, I definitely agree with the lower paying guys will benefit the most. There's there's benefits even on. Uh, if there's sports gambling inside the stadiums, yeah. which is 
it's I mean it's crazy to see that the players association is seeing the future like that that is going to come for sure yeah um that's where society's going sports yeah. sports gambling has become becoming legal um so it's just cool seeing not only the revenue of the players increase um but the benefits from uh different like intricacies of uh the game mm-hmm. just more benefits to the players and that obviously will help the lower pay lower paying players more absolutely than the, the higher guys yeah for sure so uh i think we're done yeah. with our cba talk we're gonna take a quick break and get back into what is going on right now with the nfl we just got some news uh just a few minutes ago about austin hooper signing a four yeah. year for 44 million dollar deal with the browns as well as david johnson of the cardinals being traded to the texans so we'll get into those and a few more storylines coming up next here on sunshine state takes We have some breaking news here at Sunshine State Takes. DeAndre Hopkins just got traded to the Arizona Cardinals in return for David Johnson going to the Texans. What a move from the Texans. What a move from the Cardinals. What a move for the Cardinals. Just a crazy overall uh, free agency decision from both sides. The Cardinals get arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Texans get a guy who has averaged, what was it, 3.1? Uh, 3.7. 3.7 yards Limited action, though. He he has had limited action, but at the same time, you're trading away one of the best players in the NFL for a player that hasn't been relevant. So according, according, not former presidential candidate John McCain, but NFL insider and Houston sports writer John McClain tweeted, DeAndre Hopkins in a fourth-round pick go to the cards for David Johnson in a second-round pick this year and a fourth-round pick next year. So wow, that's those are the official details of that trade. We're shocked. Um, I'm shocked. I'm very shocked. So uh, let's just ask it right away. Um, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. What do we think? DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. And on Larry side. Fitzgerald. So you not only get one of the current, my, in my opinion, Andy the, Isabella, a little solid slot guy too. Yeah, um, in in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the NFL, and DeAndre Hopkins, along with one of the best veteran wide receivers in Larry Fitzgerald. Because Larry Fitzgerald is in the near, like at the end of his career. But he's just like LeBron. He's ageless. We, we see him continuing to post numbers that are insane. So you're getting those two lined up on the opposite sides of each other. For Kyler Murray, who can dance around the pocket and let them get open, that's going to be dangerous. And I think that Cardinals attack just got a lot better, especially already having Kenyon Drake in that backfield. Yeah. So you're getting a lot of pass-catching weapons on that Arizona team. You're really starting to see Cliff Kingsbury open it up and getting that you know more of a uh, college-style look of just being air raid and going and doing things he did at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes. But, oh, my goodness, well, that is I crazy. Just, yeah, I don't know what – I don't see – I, I get Arizona wanting to trade David Johnson away. I, I, I would have went ahead and predicted that that was something that would have happened this offseason. But why in the world is Houston breaking up that DeAndre Hopkins to Sean Watson duo? Yeah. I mean, do they, like Will Fuller's wide receiver one. Yeah, well, unless Houston <laughs> has, unless Houston, receiver. yeah, they, they could do to, that too. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Still, like, yeah they don't. Yeah, they don't have that. They don't have a number one receiver outside of DeAndre. They have yeah. to draft one. They're gonna have. They, to. they have to be banking on Chenault. 
That's probably who they're want because they're they're one of the later picks too. Yeah. I don't understand. It's a it's that, an odd trade. Congratulations, I, Cardinals. Yeah. They the that's Texans gonna, have been bamboozled, hoodwinked. <laughs> you know that's Titans, Stephen A. The Titans are looking good. The Titans are excited for next. Oh week. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the Titans yeah, are in that, a great position. That was one of the first things I wanted to touch on because the Titans just extended their MVP to a four year. Uh, excuse me, not their MVP. The the most valuable player in the NFL, Ryan Tannehill, is getting paid, and he got a bag. Oh, yeah. He got a bag of money. For and sure. so what's interesting is about this is we've seen a lot of quarterbacks get paid and not do well, but this playoff expansion really helps the Titans in that uh, Tannehill extension because there's just more breathing room to make the playoffs now. Absolutely. And so if even if Tannehill doesn't go out, and play phenomenally there's enough around him to where i think even the titans still have a good enough team to sneak into the playoffs and uh you know kind of make that signing look a bit better than if Tannehill were to sink it up and uh you know not make the playoffs because of only the 16 format so i really like that extension i like Tannehill a lot i see you guys shocked over something are we gonna leak that news did brady just get signed by the bucks no it's just i I was looking at uh someone just David Johnson stuff um, on Drew's computer. But did you mention the details of t- Ryan Tannehill's uh, contract? We, yeah. Four years, 118 million, yeah, 64 years, guaranteed, right? 62 yeah. million guaranteed, 62. which is a huge number in guaranteed money. Um, it's probably one of the better. It's even better than, uh, you know, Nick Foles' breaking last year with in Jacksonville. He's likely to get traded. But um, with that, we saw possibly – the player that made Ryan Tannehill so good and Derrick Henry get mm. franchise tagged. Awesome. Yeah, I think yeah. they could have done it the other way around. Gave you know Derrick Henry the big the contract along with having um, you know Ryan Tannehill get franchise tagged and give him that contract next season. Just because I think that uh, Derrick Henry is such a big part of that Titans offense. Um, they they were so run heavy this season and he played so so well for them. But um, I think he, they kind of did him dirty in that aspect. But at the same time, you're getting who Matt feels was the 2019 MVP set in Houston or set in Tennessee. Sorry, I'm still thinking about DeAndre Hopkins. Set in Tennessee for years to come, for at least four. Um, and it, it's just it's something crazy. And I honestly can tell you that this four-year $118 million is going to be the biggest contract we see in this year's free agency, because yeah. I don't think you're going to see $62 million guaranteed, not even to Brady. No. So it, it's going to well, be – Well, it depends on how much the Bucks want to pay him. If I they, doubt they pay him that much, because they're not going to sign right. him for four years. They no. might sign him for two. That's you, true. You know what I mean? At, at this point, it doesn't really seem like, based off what I've seen, the Patriots want to give Brady a lot of money, and that is kind of uh, – I've been seeing that there isn't really even a deal close between the two sides there. So it, it, it honestly is looking like Brady – in Tampa is becoming more and more likely. The Titans are obviously no longer in the running. It seems like the Niners are out. Um, the, I, feel, I feel like the Chargers rumors have kind of steamed off a bit. Yeah. At this point, it's really the Patriots and the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers are all in. And I, it, it, at this point, it doesn't really seem like New England is all in. So that kind of uh, at least tells me what I need to know on it. Hopefully I'm wrong, but uh, you know, like, like I said last week, there's just no way to know it. Uh, Brady wants to do but you know what I don't understand you're seeing players like Devontae Freeman get cut from the Falcons and instead of going after him in free agency you're getting a guy 
while they both have health concerns and they both have been unable to stay healthy, you're going and getting a guy in David Johnson and what you're getting in return is nowhere near what you're giving them. Cause DeAndre Hopkins is a special talent. He's basically, mm-hmm. he was their Jalen Ramsey and they're not going to get another one of those for years to come. I don't care how hard you try to replace him. You're not getting another DeAndre Hopkins unless Julio decides he wants to go to Houston. It's not going to happen. And right. he's not deciding that cause he loves Atlanta, but I just think I don't understand the move. I think it's kind of a knee jerk um, move in the Titan or in the Texans. That's what you get for not having a GM. Um, and I, I just don't get it. It's it, it kind of blows my mind, especially with the production Carlos Hyde had last season. He did pretty much what you're going to get from David Johnson. So assuming that, Johnson doesn't return to form, which could be very I, big for Houston he, if he does, but I, I know I you're about it. to say you don't see. I, I don't see it because what form did we really see him in outside of that one season? He, I mean, he what, was what, a, what he was form a beast was it? Absolutely, one but one season you're gonna take right. all, you're gonna give the best one of the best players in the NFL right now up for a player that's had one good season. Yeah, I just I don't I don't get yeah. that. And they obviously don't have the greatest offensive line. No, not even close. They so have, how much of a jump can we get? They called from David Johnson. Yeah, they the, last year they the Texans trademarked a term called Tunselitis, which was yeah. jumping before the snap, because Laramie Tunsil can't say set. I just, I I don't understand, but you know it, it it is what it is. I think that Houston made has made a bad decision, and it's going to cost them with their playoff chances this season. They might they might get a wild card. I mean, especially now there's seven teams in the playoffs. They, yeah. might, they might get a wild card, but I, I can't see them. They they're not on that same level because they like we see Mahomes and Tyreek and even he has Kelsey and then um, they just re-signed uh, Damian Williams too out of the backfield yeah, who and, played a big role in receiving when those guys weren't there weren't yeah. be able to do it. And I mean, obviously the Ravens don't have a star receiver, but they have plenty of weapons. Um, they do need to find a receiver, though. Yeah, they have Marquise but, Brown, but outside of that, they need to find that number one guy. Yeah, but now we don't see the Texans really with that. Yeah, option. I feel you. I feel you. Um, they got like Darren Fells, who had a few games. Yeah, um, but like Will Fuller, Will Fuller. I hope I hope he does break out. Yeah, but he's he's so injury prone. Yeah, and I I think he's a good player. He's just so injury prone. It's hard to it's hard to say that he's gonna be able to even come close to filling in the void yeah. that's going to be left by DeAndre Hopkins leaving. It, that division is going to be interesting as always. Um, might be another average season from the AFC South. I hope the Colts – I'm a Colts fan. I hope the Colts get Phil Rivers. He could potentially give Ryan Tannehill a run for his money on uh, guaranteed yeah. money. Um, but I don't I don't think it will be a four-year uh, deal. Yeah, but, no. That's why. Pick. That's why I'm thinking the 62 million is going to be the most we see guaranteed. Yeah. 118 million overall yeah. is going to be the most we see yeah. from a player this offseason because one, he's staying with the team that he played well with last season, so they're they've seen what he can do. They're willing to give him a bit more, and at the same time, he's um, getting that extra little bit of cash from yeah. his. The, the, they they get to see what he did last season, and I just think that the 62 million guaranteed especially right now with what is looking to be his prime, that is going to be what sets the bar of the 2020 NFL free agency season. And I don't see Jameis Winston getting a super long deal because he would need five or six years to beat that $118 million. Yeah. I, I don't, it would be dumb for a team. Yeah. It would be financially irresponsible for a team to, absolutely. to, to, to go for a boom and bust, boom or bust guy yeah, absolutely. like Jameis. 
I personally love Jameis in Tampa, but yeah, I think they I was got talking to my brother the other day, and he sent me a tweet from NBC Sports. The tweet that actually said Tampa was all in on Brady, and he said. I want to see Brady in Tampa and Jameis on the Pats. And he said he doesn't know why, but he just does. And that, that's something that could be interesting. And if Brady goes to Tampa, I don't think, I'm he, gonna, I don't think Jameis yeah. would be a good fit on the Pats. It's I tough. Don't think, he is too much of a personality for yeah. Bill Belichick. Because despite giving up the – or kind of letting the distractions and such be put in the past since leaving college, he's still that player that's going to he, – he's – Brady has the personality, but Jameis takes it to another level. Yeah. And I just don't think that will mesh very well for those two. But um, so also what we saw today was Dallas franchises, Dak Prescott. Now they have to go about getting a deal done with Amari Cooper. Um, I This is another thing that I just don't really understand. You're franchise tagging. Uh, it's opposite of what I say for the Tennessee Titans. So you're franchise tagging a quarterback that – you know, in the NFL, it's it's almost easier to overpay a quarterback than it is a wide receiver. And so you're going to have to get a deal done with the wide receiver when you're worried about cap space rather than just giving Dak his 33, 38, whatever, his 33 to $38 million range that he was wanting in. Um, instead of giving him that, now you have to pay Amari Cooper one of the higher salaries as a wide receiver. And you, you know, kind of walk on the thin line of him leaving or staying. So... Yeah, I don't think he has any reason to stay. No, I don't either. They would have to make him the highest paid wide receiver, yeah. I think. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you, there's teams out there that are looking for uh, wide receivers right now. Maybe within the, the same division. Maybe the Eagles go after him. So, Patriots might want him. Yeah, there, there's teams out there that want, want players like Amari Cooper who has kind of revitalized his career since getting to Dallas, and I, I just don't understand – to franchise Dak over him. I, I would have franchised Amari, and then I would have moved forward with getting a deal done with yeah. Dak, but that's just me. Um, do you guys have anything else to say about that? No? I wonder if the Cowboys are all in on Dak. That's my question. Like, it seems like they love him. Yeah. But their actions yeah, they, make it yeah. seem like I, I don't. I don't understand. It's hard to tell. So yeah. uh, what is the best move? Will we'll, Excluding the – Hopkins trade that that's by far the best move that's been made today. In your guys' opinion, what is the best move that has been made today that you guys have seen? The so Bengals far? franchise tagging AJ so? Green because I think getting in a new quarterback in Joe Burrow into that system, you're getting a guy who, when healthy, is one of the better wide receiver talents in the NFL, and you're pairing him with Joe Burrow to work with right off the bat. So not only are you keeping that veteran receiver that's uber talented, but you're also allowing for the development of your franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow by franchise tagging him and keeping him around. So I think it's a solid re- retention for the Bengals and um, you know can kind of move them forward. And maybe if after this year it doesn't work out, they can let him go, but he still gives Joe Burrow that right. experience to be able to throw it, kind of give those you know, 50-50 balls to a guy that's done it time and time again. Right. So. Yeah, I agree with the A.J. Green move. Um, Derrick Henry is obviously a great um, signing, but um, A.J. Green, the Bengals are desperate for a good offensive year, and obviously they're not going to be there defensively, but if they they are desperate for a number one overall QB, Joe Burrow, with weapons like Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, and uh, Tyler Boyd even. John Um, Ross. Yeah, John Ross. Tyler Eifert, they're going to keep um, 
hoping for him to be healthy. Um, but yeah, they're desperate for a, a good year. So. Yeah. Um, the move that I saw today that I really liked, I'm going to stick with uh, my favorite team, uh, the Patriots assigning the franchise tag to Joe Tooney. Now, I'm not entirely sure what they do from here with Tooney, if they trade him or not, but if they're able to work something out and keep Tooney with David Andrews coming back next year and Isaiah Wynn grabbing another year of experience, I think uh, you could kind of see the Patriots offensive line return to that 2018 form when they were really able to run the ball well with Sony Michelle and stuff like that. And if Brady were to stay having an offensive line of that quality, I think would definitely help. So I like the Patriots putting that tag on Joe Tooney and Joe Tooney is a guy that um, was going to get some attention during free agency. And so I think um, the tag was smart in terms of that. The Patriots could get some value for him now if they do decide to trade him. So I was a fan of that move. Um, I, I would like for him to stay. He had a great year last year, but if not, maybe get some value out of him. Absolutely. Um, one thing that I am just in utter disbelief of, along with the DeAndre Hopkins situation, was a news I heard yesterday about the complete rebuild, rebuild in Jacksonville yep. of trading Calais Campbell yeah, to the Baltimore Ravens in return for a fifth round pick. Your your number your number one guy, the guy that you got to start what was supposed to be your, you know, just run to supremacy in the NFL. He took you and was a leader throughout his years in Jacksonville, and they just kind of gave him away for a bag of chips. I I, I just didn't really understand it. Um, and it honestly shows that – I mentioned this a few weeks ago – that the Jaguars front office has lied to their fans uh, once before. I think that they're genuine, genuinely lying. Again, it, Shad Khan is the dad that says, if you do that one more time, we're going to go inside, and then they do it again. And he's like, you do it one more time, we're going to go inside. And it, he, he's, he's a bad dad. Um, no one likes Shad Khan, but I'm just, just messing around. But, um, you know, they're in win-now mode, but they're doing things that show that they are not in win-now mode, and it kind of points to being – they're looking into having a 2021 year as well. And I just – I honestly understand freeing up cap space, but this is going to be so much more hurtful than helpful. Yeah. You're going to get – a guy that in the fifth round, you're not going to really get someone that can fill in for Clayus Campbell. I understand maybe going out and getting a guy like Linval Joseph to anchor down the middle. Um, he's coming from the Vikings. That'd be a good he, signing. He had a, he's had a, some knee power or some knee uh, history, injury history, um, but he shows uh, power in the run game. He can also be disruptive in the pass game when healthy, but I just, I don't understand the move and, Honestly, I think that now they just they, they continue to get rid of the players that I understand trying to rebuild, but they continue to get rid of players that could have been there to teach the younger guys. And they're just starting to create – they're continuing to create more holes for themselves. Um, the only thing that I can kind of agree with is Dave Caldwell has said before that it's easier to build a defense than an offense. It's starting to look like there's some offensive pieces kind of setting into place maybe attain a guy like Delaney Walker right. from the Tennessee Titans who was recently uh, released, get him to be able to pair with Minshew and, you know, um, Gruden's play action, uh, play calling. And so I just think that you, you have him as a large focal point in that offense and maybe find another wide receiver. I mentioned last week, you need going to the Jets for Robbie, Robbie Anderson. Anderson. And I, it's – I think a place the Jags could look to maybe – at least try and not necessarily build a base, but just add something to that secondary. Um, the Falcons just 
released Desmond, Desmond Trufant, Trufant yeah. and that's a piece that they could go after. Um, I even wouldn't mind, you know, if the offensive line is going to struggle again in uh, 2020, maybe go out and try and uh, uh, bring in Devontae Freeman, add a little pass catching back to that backfield, maybe create some versatility. I, I don't really know how well that would work out for them, but that's yeah. just a little interesting thing that I thought, you know, the Patriots like a lot of those guys like James White, for example. So, you know, maybe the Jaguar, because it seems like the Jaguars are really just rolling with Fournette right now. Yeah. And so maybe adding another guy back there, you know, maybe do a running back by committee. I remember us talking about that one time, actually, a little yeah. running back by committee in Jacksonville. So that could yeah. be interesting. Also, they tried it with TJ Yeldon. He just wasn't the guy. Yeah. He um, just wasn't the guy for the job, especially when Fournette went down. They realized we need someone that can actually kind of yeah. pick up the slack for when Fournette may, might not be there given his injury history. And then Linville Joseph is another guy you said. So there are definitely pieces out there that the Jaguars could bring in to kind of, you know, flush things out a bit and build a bit of a base. But uh, it's 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 definitely hard to tell, especially with this Calais Campbell trade, what the Jags' intentions for 2020 really are. Maybe just stock up on offense because you're not going to stop anyone and see if you can win games 38 to 35. But yeah. Uh, you never know. So Drew's scroll, scrolling through some CBS reports right now, and one of them said, given the transit of property, Nick Foles for Deshaun Watson, Watson seems like a good trade for the Jaguars I, or for the Texans. I 100% agree. Um, you're kind of getting the same thing with uh, David Johnson and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, a guy that was good at one point for a year, and then another that has shown they are one of the best players in the NFL. So uh, another one said, can, can I, will you want to read that one? Uh, I want okay. So Adam Rank says. Uh, so he says the Jags. We're going to trade. I saw. I was going to show you guys that tweet like ten minutes ago. <laughs> and then I he saw says, that. The Texans hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> then, then Cam Hayward on the Steelers says, "Man, we need to start drug testing some of these GMs and coaches." LOL. Hashtag questionable moves. Uh, um, that's just uh, like. There, is there? Was there? Do you guys think there was some underlying? You know underlying issues within the Texans organization and DeAndre Hopkins that might have been played into this? Because I just can't wrap my head around wrap, – yeah, I just can't wrap my head around trading him. That just – it just makes I'm no shocked. sense no, to me. Yeah. None. Yeah. Um, well, because we saw David Johnson got traded, and then I showed you guys that tweet saying yeah. Hopkins was That's in return. That's the craziest it's thing. Like, it's like, why wait, would you, really? Why would, why would your highlight – why would your you know biggest like headline – be about David Johnson getting traded. We're like, oh, that's that's not, that's not bad. And then we see DeAndre Hopkins in return. We're like, what? Yeah. Are you? That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's crazy time we live in with coronavirus and Texans being stupid. Yeah. That's what you get. How about I, this? How about this though? Sports are canceled. The coronavirus is the name of the game right now, and the NFL comes out with free agency today, and we get a move like this. I, yeah. I think a move like that, like. That that move was good for a lot of sports fans because oh, yeah. for the first time, really in like five or six days, it was just something that we could talk about. Yeah, it was something that had happened recently that we can give our live take on, and it's so while it might not be a good trade, like I think it was stupid that the Texans traded Hopkins. It's good for all of us. It gives Absolutely. us something to talk about. And yeah, as J- uh, Jags fan, Jag supporter, Colts fan, uh, you know. I don't think we have to worry much about the Texans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've seen. I mean, my degenerate friends. Uh, they they've had to resort to gambling on Brazilian UFC 
um, some Mexican league soccer. Uh, I've, I've even seen some videos on Instagram of people betting on 2K simulations. Yeah, simulations, yeah. Um, so th- this news <laughs> might, might take their mind off of that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's crazy. So one, one thing I also want to say is that mine and Matt's boy, Captain Kirk Cousins yeah. of the Minnesota Vikings got extended – and I'm pretty sure he's going to make $96 million on a two-year extension. I think it was 66. It's 66, million. but it's it, given his it's an oh, extension. Right. So over the next three years, right. he's going to be making $96 million. Because this was supposed to be the last year of his three-year $84 yes, million yes. guarantee. So he, now he's going to be making 96 over the next yep. three years. And good the, for Kirk. Good for Kirk. Good for Kirk and good for Ryan Tannehill. We like Kirk. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is a, f- a favorite here. He is in the he's on he's on the good pile. Yeah, the, we like that. The trash pile is over there, and Jake Jake Fromm, McFarland. McFarland. That's interesting. I, I don't, I don't really love Kirk Cousins to be honest. I love Um, Kirk Cousins. I don't have a super strong take on it, but yeah, I mean he's all right. Mm. Uh, Thirty-two million a year. I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, prices are getting higher though. Absolutely. The the inconsistencies are there with Kirk Cousins, but I definitely think he earned an extension with his playoff performance this year. So. His um, even his regular season performance. Yeah, his, he had a great regular. We, we, saw, oh, yeah, we was, saw him play great this year. Some people were talking about him for MVP for a little bit. Yeah, um, which was uh, questionable. It would be odd to see an average Joe like Kirk Cousins win yeah. an MVP, but yeah. I wouldn't be against it. That would be for the love of football, right yeah. there. Yeah. Just to see a guy that's not even talked about at the beginning. I guarantee. I guarantee you, at the beginning of the year, he didn't have a uh, what's like a line for to see what his MVP ranking was, but. I definitely like Kirk Cousins. I think that he can sling the ball over the yard and just be such a game manager. And he's really cut down on the interceptions since getting to Minnesota. So uh, I, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be solid. So um, is that is that going to be all? Do I have anything else to talk about? Well, I think I think we uh, got lucky by doing this episode when we did because we got right in the middle of the Hopkins trade. It Absolutely. seems like things. Uh, it seems like the tide has kind of calmed down a bit for at least the time being. So not sure when some of the next few headlines are going to start spewing out, but um, I think we covered most of it. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, it's definitely off to an interesting start. Yeah. Um, or should we go ahead and give that PSA real so quick? So one for- second, um, just to kind of touch on how uh, Sunshine State takes will be going forward. Um given the everything that's going on with the sports world, the coronavirus. So during the heat of free agency, Sunshine State Takes will continue recording as regularly scheduled. We're going to try to put it together as much as we possibly can to be able to give you guys yeah. the best possible content that we that we can present to y'all. But as of now, um, or as of after free agency kind of settles down after all the big acquisitions and stuff, we're going to go to a bi-weekly schedule. So every other week to make yeah. sure we have enough content to be able to to put together a solid episode um, the, until the, uh, you know, every, all the action resumes following this pandemic. Um, we just want to say thank you to all of our fans and um, we'll, for the support that you guys give us week in and week out. And we can't wait to uh, continue giving you guys some interesting sports takes and what we, what we do. Some unique perspectives and everything, but um, we hope to see y'all on a regular basis in the nearest possible future. Yeah, it, it, it's certainly unfortunate. It's not something we want to do, but with no sports comes not a lot of content, and this is what we are. We're a sports podcast. We talk about sports first among all else. We'll maybe sprinkle some other things in there, but uh, yeah, for the time being, uh, we're just going to monitor it. 
we're going to keep up with everything that's going on and see if we have enough to make an episode. If we do, we'll see you guys and then. If not, we'll just continue to keep you updated. One thing I do want to say, if you guys ever have a suggestion of what you would want to hear that maybe um, you think that we should know, always you can always reach us on Twitter. Um, if you guys have one of me or mine or Matt's numbers, you can text us and be like, hey, I'd like to hear about this, and we will definitely talk about it. Um, and also, if you'd like to be a guest the way – our wonderful guest Drew here was today. Um, just let us know and um, we can try to set that up with you as best we possibly can. But as of now, uh, we're going to be signing off from this edition. Drew, so thank you for coming on today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you guys. A 10 out of 10 recommend for anybody awesome. who want to come on. Absolutely. Awesome. It was a great time. Had some pretty interesting discussions. He's absolutely. a, he's a big Giannis guy, but uh, I, I, I can't wait to have you on again. So it's going to be, it's going to be good week. No sports, but We'll get through it. We'll so. get through it. Um, if you get any hand sanitizer or toilet paper, good for you. Absolutely. You, you're, you're lucky. Absolutely. So All right. Continue to be safe. Uh, wash your hands. Uh, you know, basic stuff like that. Just stay safe. Don't get sick. And uh, we'll try not to get sick as well so we can keep bringing you the best content when we're able to. For sure. So, uh, you we'll guys have a great week. Soon.